Grand rising, beautiful soul family. I'm Coach Susie, and welcome to the Beyond Abuse podcast, a show about the power and benefits of using self-love and hope to overcome self-doubt, depression, anxiety, and panic attacks resulting from the trauma and abuse of our past. I love sharing my story, but I love showcasing other badass men and women who learn to turn their pain into purpose and they're using that gift to help other men and women transform their mindset from victim to victor. Today, I have the pleasure of showcasing Justin B. Long, an author, business owner, and the host of Straight from the Horse Doctor's Mouth, a podcast he produces with his wife, Dr. Erica LeSure. His best-selling book series, The Adventures of the Horse Doctor's Husband, has been enjoyed by readers all over the world. While his wife's mission is to make the world a better place for horses, Justin's mission is to make the world a better place for people by combating toxic masculine ideas surrounding men and their emotions. His current book, The Righteous Rage of a 10-Year-Old Boy, is a raw, intense examination of his childhood, the traumatic events that formed his negative self-image, and his journey through therapy to overcome it all. Welcome to the podcast today, Justin. It is a pleasure to have you. How are you today? Uh, Thank you, Susie. It's great to be here. I am fantastic. Awesome. So we can just go ahead and dive into it because you speak my language because I want more men to, to recognize that although that they had that trauma in their past, that's not who they have to be. You know, it's just their past. It's not their destination. And I love that you're doing this. I love that you wrote that book. And our culture really doesn't allow men to be emotional creatures you know, to have feelings other than rage, aggression, and lust. And there are so many men who turn to alcohol to cope with their feelings. And I know that you mentioned that you did that as well. So um, how did you overcome that? And does your book address that issue as well? Absolutely. And the overcoming part has been a long, long, slow road. Mm -hmm. But I first had to understand where it was that I was coming from and what was wrong with me and why. I spent most of my adulthood being, you know, feeling like something was wrong, that I was broken, but I I could not identify it. I didn't have any language for it. I didn't have any words for it. So I had to get uncomfortable enough in my active alcoholism to, to seek recovery, which set me on a path of different people that came into my life and taught me how to self-examine and and. I ended up in therapy, which was the best thing that ever happened for me, but mm-hmm. it all it all stemmed from my childhood, and I had a dad that was a workaholic that believed in, in spending all day at work and then coming home and working even harder at night on projects around the house, and and so, you know, I always had a long list of chores to do, and, and my dad was that guy you were talking about. The only emotion that he could express was anger, so he mm-hmm. would come home from work every day, and we would check out all the all the chores that I did whether it was chopping firewood and stacking that or mowing the grass or doing dishes or whatever, we would, we would examine all of my chores and find the shortcomings. And then I would get a whipping for all the things that I did wrong. Mm. So that that was my every day with that. And then my mom on the other side of that was, was not a good disciplinarian. Mm -hmm. I don't think she felt like she could hit me hard enough with the paddles. So, Mm -hmm. so when I would get carried away and excited and and running off at the mouth, like a small child does, Mm -hmm. her punishment for me was to, to pull in the big trash can from out at the curb and pull the trash bags out of it, and then I would sit in that until my dad got home to spank me. Wow. So, you know, those are, you know, thousands of those events formed my my understanding of who I am, wow. which was that no matter how hard I work, I'm going to get punished and it's not going to be good enough, and mm-hmm. that I don't really have any value as a human being because my primary caregivers are willing to throw me away and reject me wow. than, than anybody will, right? Wow. So I didn't... I didn't consciously think about that stuff as a child or as an adult. I just knew that I had really strict parents. But, you know, I formed all these insecurities and this negative self-understanding 
because of those events. And I carried that forward into my teenage years and then my adult life Mm -hmm. with the knowledge that, you know, the unconscious knowledge that Justin is not good enough, Justin is going to fail, and anybody that has power over Justin is going to abuse him in some way. Mm -hmm. And so I hated the world. I hated myself. And the only solace that I could find to to deal with that was alcohol. Mm And, you know, that worked for a little while, but it's, it's like any tool that we use to feel better about ourselves that's, that's coming from the outside. Those, mm-hmm. those external validation tools are, are, you know, they have diminishing returns. So it worked less and less and less, and I needed it more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I was 30, like, it just, it wasn't doing the trick anymore. I was miserable all the time, and something mm-hmm. had to give. Right. Wow. That, that right there, what you said is that... When, when, when we have our caregivers punishing us for the things that we didn't do right, not praising us for the things that we did right, but, you know, punishing us for the things that we did wrong, that has a profound effect over us mentally. You know, we, 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 we feel like we can never measure up. So what does it even matter? You know, it doesn't matter if we're doing something right or we're doing something wrong. We can never measure up to that that high standard that they have for us. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had all these insecurities that stemmed off of that, that I carried into the workplace. You know, every boss that I ever had, I resented them right off the bat. As I just, I, it was, but, but I hated them because they had power over me and they Mm -hmm. had control over me. And I felt like, you know, they were, they were dominating me. and, And if that was, the situation, then A, I was going to end up getting in trouble because that's the way it always goes. And and B, they have all the value and I don't have any because they've got the power because I was associating, you know, someone being able to dominate me and control me as, as, as being the goal. Right. And and so in order for me to feel okay about me, I need to be able to dominate somebody else the way that my dad dominated me. And I perceived all of my bosses dominating me. It never occurred to me that my boss had about 2% control over me. Right. You know, that's all I asked for was 2%. I gave them 100%, and yeah. then I resented them for having all of that power over me, right? Wow. But it's just, until you stop and consciously examine why you have these attitudes and beliefs mm-hmm. and, and what they're stemming from, it's it's all unconscious behavior. And so mm-hmm. I was a horrible employee most of my adult life because I... I had all of these insecurities and then anytime somebody tripped one of my insecurities and made me feel less than mm-hmm. or, you know, pushed aside or overlooked or controlled, mm-hmm. you know, I would flash and freak out on everybody and lose my temper. And, and mm-hmm. I, I never thought about why I right. didn't ever examine the situation and see what's really going on here. And what is it that I'm reacting to? I was just, I was just in a reactionary phase where yeah. I didn't, I didn't think about things. I just reacted. Just reacted. That's good. And and what, what point in your life changed all that? Like what, what instance or what event caused you to say, you know what? Hey, maybe it's time for me to change this thinking or get down to the, the root cause of these issues. I worked with a guy that drank pretty similar to the way I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were mechanics working for the Army at that point. And we would sit out behind the shop every morning and sweat out our hangovers and, mm-hmm. and talk about how how miserable we were. Wow. And, uh, and just, you know, kind of commiserating in the pain, right? Right. And we used to joke about it and, and kind of try to make light of things. But but I knew that I was, I was hurting my body and mm-hmm. that, uh, and that, I was kind of getting to the point where something was going to have to change. Mm-hmm. And one day, you know, I was, I was especially, you know, hurting, you know, just the body mm-hmm. just takes the beating. Cause I smoked back then too. And mm-hmm. so I would, you know, drink 20 beers and smoke 40 cigarettes. Wow. And that just, you know, it's horrible on your body. Right. But I, I said, you know, I, I have got to take a break from this. I'm, I'm killing myself. You know, I'm not quite ready to go to a meeting or anything like that. You know, I'm just trying to make light of it. Right? And he's like, you know, I'm thinking about going to a meeting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh man, like I respected this guy. He was funny. People liked him Mm -hmm. and he liked and accepted me. So he was, he was the number one person in my world, right? Just because he was willing to accept me, give me that approval that I needed so bad. And so when he said that he was going to go to a meeting, then I decided I was going to a meeting and I went home from work that day and I drank my last three beers 
and read through the AA website, and I knew nothing about AA or any recovery group or 12 steps or anything like that. And, and I really didn't have any intention of stopping drinking, but I, I, want, I, I wanted to find some way to get things under control where I didn't feel so bad about myself. And, uh, and not behave in a way that would, you know, make me feel the shame monster just crawling right. up my back every morning. Yeah. And, uh, and it turned out that there was an AA meeting like two blocks from my house. Wow. And that was, that was on a Monday, and I had to wait till the Thursday. The meeting wasn't till Thursday, but I managed to go three days without drinking. Mm. And I made it to that meeting. And that, that was when everything in my life changed. Because mm. for the very first time ever, I sat in a room full of people, men and women, uh, but it's an army town, so there's a lot of manly men in there. Mm-hmm. And they talked about the way they felt about themselves. They talked wow. about not feeling adequate, not not feeling good about themselves, hating themselves, being miserable, being suicidal. Wow. You know, all these things that I felt, but nobody around me ever talked about. Wow. You know, up until that point, I thought that it was just me, that I was the only one, that I was broken, that something was wrong mm-hmm. with me. And I found out in that meeting that there's all kinds of people that feel the way that I feel and... Like my basic human need to be understood was met for the first time ever. I was yeah. 32 years old and finally somebody understood me yeah. and that was, that was what I needed. I, I never, uh, until today so far that that was in February of 2008 and I haven't had another drink, oh, but awesome. I also learned fairly early on that it's not about the alcohol. The alcohol wasn't what was kicking my ass. Yes. It was the way that I felt about myself yes. and that's what had to change. Yeah. I think I was years sober when I met a guy named Roland Mora, and Roland would later become my my mentor in, in all things in life and teach me everything that I've that I've learned. But uh, he was an old gay one-eyed Apache Vietnam veteran yoga instructor. <laughs> <laughs> the long black hair and the glass eye that stared off into space, but he had so much presence. He was unbelievable, like intimidating. Like I'm probably a f- two feet taller than he was, but he <laughs> he would just make me feel that small just by being there. And it's nothing that he was just not. He wasn't trying. It's, it's just, just that presence. he had so much knowledge and yeah. presence, and just I I wanted it. You know, right. he talked about Zen and and self exploration and and changing. You know learning who you are so that you can change who you are and all these things. And I was like, that's what I'm looking for. And I worked with Roland for probably five years and he taught me how to self-examine and how to, you know, get to the, get all the layers and masks taken off that I've been showing the world all these years and get down to who Justin really is. And I tell you what, that was a process Mm -hmm. because, you know, not feeling good about myself all the way back into my single digit years, five, six years old, Mm -hmm. like I kept trying to change who I was to to meet some standard that I thought other people wanted me to right. be. And like I I did that all my life and I just kept adding layer onto layer. When this wasn't working, I would add another layer on top of that. Mm-hmm. And I got farther and farther and farther from who I really was. Mm-hmm. And you know, the disparity between who I feel like inside and the face that I'm trying to show the world got unmanageable it was so far from from the center but you know Roland taught me how to figure out who I am and and what it is that that I I like about myself what I don't Mm -hmm. like about myself what I want to change but he also helped me understand that my opinion of me my opinion of me is the only one that matters that I am not living my life to to make anybody else satisfied and if people people like me for being me, then that's great. Yes. And if people don't like me for being me, that's okay that's too. Okay too. Yes. I don't, I don't have to please all those people. Yes. And you know, it sounds like a really simple concept, but you know, at 35 years old, I was still trying to be everything to everybody yes. and be that people pleaser. you know, yes. get that approval from, I couldn't imagine somebody not liking me because I needed approval from everybody. Right. But that was because of those childhood insecurities and, and that feeling of rejection from my parents. But it was all unconscious, mm-hmm. you know. And until somebody taught me how to understand what's really going on in my head and what makes me do the things that I do, you know, I was just in that reactionary phase. But once mm-hmm. I understood that, then I can start, A, figuring out why I don't like myself, B, mm-hmm. change that, yes. embrace myself, learn yes. how to love myself, which took 10 years, but I mm-hmm. got there. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the rest is history. Yes. It's once you can 
embrace who you are yeah. and and be confident and and comfortable in your identity like all of that other stuff falls away you realize yeah. how unimportant those yes. things are right yeah that's just that has been an unbelievable freedom for me yes it's a freedom i love that you said that and i love that you said it it because because of the abuse, we spend so many years seeking outside validation, seeking the approval of others and desiring to be accepted. And the people who are who love you for you will already love you and accept you and, and, and approve of you. You don't have to go seeking that outside validation. You have to find it within yourself first. And I love earlier when you said that you didn't know the difference between power, control, and strength. And tell us about, because I know you mentioned that one of your big discoveries is how you were unconsciously confusing power with strength and how you were unconsciously doing all of these behaviors and chasing after the wrong things in life. And now what is your definition of power and how has that changed and how has that helped you to really understand who you are and identify with everything that Justin is. You know, my dad dominated me in every way. Like I, I have five out of the 10 adverse childhood experiences and the primary ones were emotional abuse followed mm -hmm. by physical abuse. Mm -hmm. And it never really occurred to me that, uh, that, that my dad only had that power over me. Like most of my childhood, all of my childhood and into my adult life, I thought my dad had complete control over everything. Wow. I thought he, he ran the world because, you know, he, I don't know, he convinced me at a very young age mm -hmm. that, that he was the be all end all mm -hmm. and that, that he will not be questioned. His authority, his mm -hmm. knowledge, you know, his everything is, his bottom line is the bottom line, right? right? And And because he dominated me so fully and completely like I couldn't stand up to him like you know mm -hmm. he could like with an eye if I wanted to be defiant he would just give me the look that says you know I am about to rip you apart and mm -hmm. I, would, I would back down every time even as a teenager when I really started trying to stand up to him so right. I didn't know all of my life that you know my dad worked for somebody he had a regular job like everybody else <laughs> he was broke he had a wife that was emotionally unstable mm -hmm. his house was falling apart his cars were falling apart he had a million projects that he could never stay on top of and the only thing that he had control and power over was me like nothing else in the world but i never saw that so i went into i went into the army out of high school that was my escape from home was was to join the army <laughs> and Everybody in the army was in charge of me too, and mm -hmm. and most of those people had no understanding of good leadership, and they were mm -hmm. just excited to be in charge of somebody and yes. dominate somebody for a change. So it just reinforced that belief that I had mm -hmm. that in order for me to have any value as a human being, I need to have power over somebody. Wow! And so I aspired to that. I had no understanding of what to do with it. I just wanted to to be in charge of somebody so that I could dominate them and hopefully feel good about me mm. for a change, right? Mm -hmm. But that never happened because I don't bring any leadership skills to the table and nobody in their right mind is going to put me in charge of anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, in, in therapy that my therapist helped me understand what it was the, that I thought I was looking for. And, you know, which was that ability to dominate somebody. And then she asked me, you know, what is it that's important to me? Like in, in that, if, if I'm on the losing end of that power dynamic, what is it that I feel like is happening or could happen? Wow. And, uh, and I said that I think that I don't want to have to sacrifice what I believe in because mm -hmm. of what somebody else is trying to make me do. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to sacrifice my ethics and my values. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to sacrifice my identity or change how I act or who I am in order to, to fit into a, a role or a mold or whatever. Yeah. And, and I had a few more things and, and she said, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to pull up the dictionary here because I think you're confused about things. Yeah. And, uh, and I have it written down over here that um, she read me a definition of power and it was the ability to influence others, wow. which is, you know, 
And if you really want to put the negative on it, it's the the ability to control others, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And then we looked up strength. And the definition of strength that she read to me was the ability to withstand pressure. Wow. And I was like, all of the things, you know, me not wanting to be forced to sacrifice my my values and, and change who I am, mm -hmm. like none of that has to do with power. That has to do with strength. And I have strength. Mm -hmm. I've have always had strength because I am who I am and, and I I own that. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't you know the more I get better at, at understanding all this stuff, the less I need to control anybody else. Right. And so I don't even I don't even have the desire to do that anymore. I, I I'm kind of abhorrent of the idea of, right. of trying to control somebody else and dominate somebody else at this point. Yeah. But it was still unconscious until we talked that out, and then I realized that, you know, I still have these these unconscious ideas, like when the police pull me over, mm -hmm. or you know, anybody has any sort of power over me. If a judge has the ability to, you know, do whatever to mm -hmm. me, anybody that has power, I, I get shaky, I get defiant, like mm -hmm. I. I'm terrified and I want to fight them and, and it's and it's all because I don't understand the difference between power and strength. Yeah. The reality is I have all the strength that I could ever need yeah. and none of those people A they can't make me change any of those things about myself and B they wouldn't yeah. because those people are in a functionary position and mm -hmm. the power that they have is just a, a a tool that makes society function, right? right? It has no ability to take any value away from me as a human being. Mm -hmm. So that really rocked me and changed my mm -hmm. understanding of, of what power is and what strength is. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's still fine to have power. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, my wife and I have a veterinary clinic and I have 12 employees that, that are under, under me, but I don't, do anything to try to right. dominate them in any way. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm I, my role in their life is to provide them with the tools they need to do yes. their job and the support they need to grow as human beings. Yes. And it's all about helping them build their strength. It's not about yes. dominating anybody. So yes. I would just wish that I had understood that stuff when I was 10 yes. <laughs> it made my life and everybody around me's life a whole lot better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a lot of men, because they have had the same similar situations, they may not have had that domineering father, but a lot of men who come from single mother households had the domineering mother. And so now mm -hmm. they don't want to, they feel as though a woman can't teach them anything or they can't learn from a woman because she's going to, she's going to try to dominate or control them just like, the mother did, and I think a lot of men struggle with that that power dynamic in relationships. Do you do you see that? Oh, absolutely, and I think that our culture and society and reinforces that at every turn. Mm -hmm. Religion reinforces it. You know, the the man is the head of the household. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, my mom was uber over the top religious. And, and was hoping that, that Jesus was going to solve all of her problems. <laughs> and she never did anything to solve her own problems, mm. right? But, you know, my dad went along with that. But the, the big things from religion that he, t he held on to were that uh, you spare the rod and spoil the child. Mm -hmm. Children will obey their father and mother. Mm -hmm. And that the man is the head of the household. Mm -hmm. And that stuff, when it gets beat into your head at a young age, it mm. really... You have, to, you have to intentionally overcome yes. the belief system of, of equality yes. just in the household, mm -hmm. not to mention, you know, the workplace and, and the world at large. Mm -hmm. But I think that also you, when you have, whether it's a, a father or a mother, whoever your domineering disciplinarian is, I think that really, really messes with your head. And you, you tend to stereotype anybody that, that is in that position is, mm -hmm. is going to you know, do things to me that I am not okay with. Mm -hmm. And we become belligerent about that. Right. So I think, you know, all of it is, is a matter of, of being intentional with what you do and, mm -hmm. and what you think and what you believe rather than just going with what's the way it's always been. Right. And you know, for me, I had to examine, and this is what I did with Roland for five years was examine 800,000 beliefs that I had wow. about everything and that, most of them came from my parents and mm -hmm. most of them I didn't actually believe at all. Right. You know, from the, from the really ridiculous to the really important mm -hmm. and the ridiculous being my dad 
on the rare occasion that we had a steak, he liked to burn his to a crisp. And so <laughs> I went into my adult life thinking that that's how you eat a steak. It had to be burned to a crisp, right? Turns out a, a rare or medium rare steak is delicious. Right. But I didn't know that until I was like 35 because I just had this unconscious belief that I never challenged. Right. But, you know, when you apply that to the unconscious belief of who I am and, and if I'm good enough to do the, whatever it is I'm trying to do or not, you know, mm -hmm. that, that has huge consequences because those attitudes become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if, if your attitude about a female being in charge of you is, is negative and it's because of a primary caregiver situation, somebody disciplined you in an excessive way, like you need to examine that and understand, yes, my mom did that to me and that sucked, but this person is not my mom yes. and this is not the situation. Yes. You know, this is my wife or this is my boss or this is somebody that, a friend, somebody I respect. It doesn't matter. This is another human being that is trying to bear the, the punishment from something that happened 50 years ago. Right. And that's ridiculous, you know? Wow. Wow. I love that you said that. So talk a little bit more about your book and um, how, how does it help other men to overcome these limiting beliefs, these unconscious beliefs that they hold about themselves, about women, about others? I'll tell you the first belief that, that gets challenged is that whether or not it's okay for a man to get counseling or get therapy. Mm. And because that's a, that's a big one that that's, society really you know puts puts their heel down on the idea of any form of weakness or mm -hmm. vulnerability and uh or going in you know in my case i'm i'm 45 years old in in a therapy session with a 30 year old therapist my therapist is is 30 <laughs> she's got purple hair she's got tattoos all <laughs> over her and i'm gonna bare my soul and tell her my deepest darkest secrets you know what? Yes, I am. She changed <laughs> everything about my life. Wow. But but getting past those kinds of hangups is mm -hmm. really important. But the book is my journey through therapy. Each chapter is a therapy session, oh, and wow. we examine uh, my whatever it is that the presenting behavior that I'm trying to overcome. And it started off with me thinking that I had an anger problem because things piss me off. Mm -hmm. But you know when we we get into each of these things and find out that though I'm being triggered because I have an insecurity based on a childhood event. And then we go take a look at the, the childhood events and, and, and look at, at what really happened. You know, for example, uh, I use the, the firewood thing in, in the book. And one of my jobs was to, to split and stack the firewood because mm -hmm. we heated our house with a wood stove. Mm -hmm. And even at six, seven, eight years old, every day I would come home from school and chop firewood wow. for two hours and fill the firewood rack. Wow. And then my dad would come home and we would count how many pieces of firewood were sticking out of the stack one way or the other that weren't perfectly straight. And then I would get swats for each one of those. Wow. Right? So, so I had this, this, you know, unconscious thing. That anytime somebody criticized anything, anything that I did, I would lose my mind. Mm -hmm. And it's because my dad would, you know, whip my ass for stacking the firewood a little bit crooked as mm -hmm. if that mattered. Right? right. But the reality is the firewood needed to be split in stacks so that we could heat the house. And I did that. I did that right. every day and yes. I split the firewood. I carried it in there and we never froze to death. We never didn't have yes. firewood because I didn't do my job. So wow. it's with EMDR trauma therapy, you can reframe the emotions that are attached to memories. Yes. And so instead of me thinking back on, any of those events and thinking, man, what a failure I was, I can change that. Yes. So, man, I kicked ass. Yes. I did great. At six and, years uh, old? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you was nothing dance. wrong with what I did. The problem there was my dad. Yes. My dad was messed up. Yes. Just like when my mom put me in the trash can. It's not because I'm unworthy or right. a piece of trash or because it's, you know, the belief I got out of that was it's not okay for me to express my emotions because mm -hmm. I'll get put in the trash can if I'm too wow. excited or too whatever. <sighs> and so looking at that and saying, no, seven-year-old Justin was not broken because he would get excited. Mm -hmm. His mom was broken because yeah. she doesn't understand how to be a good mother. Yes. Right? And so I was fine. And, and changing the way that I feel about myself now and then to where mm -hmm. I can... No matter what, my automatic reaction when I think about me is a positive thought instead yes. of a negative thought. Yes. Like that's what the book is all about: is wow. how how that happened for me. Wow. And the the real takeaway that I want everybody to have from this book is that it doesn't matter what happened to you. There's only so many insecurities, and we all have the same ones. Mm -hmm. But the the point is that 
if you feel bad about yourself in any way, you don't have to keep feeling that way. It can be yeah. fixed. And with a little bit of therapy, and it's not like it's a ton of money either, you yeah. know. I spent I spent two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on alcohol in my life and mm-hmm. I spent about four thousand dollars on wow. therapy. And the therapy worked way faster yeah. and way better than the alcohol <laughs> ever did. And I don't have a bunch of, of things to be ashamed about bad behavior from, from therapy the way I did yeah. from my drinking career. So Absolutely. you know, it's that you know, there is there is no reason to be miserable. If if you don't feel good about yourself, see a therapist. It can be fixed. Yes, yes, yes. And we're not broken. We were raised by broken and damaged people who pa- pass that down to us. We just need to change behaviors, mindsets, and patterns that we took on that were unhealthy. Right. That is absolutely right. You know, to to embrace ourselves, figure out who we are, love ourselves, be okay with ourselves. Like like the way you you can dance on your front porch. Like I love that so much because <laughs> it. I could never have done that most of my life, and now that I can do something like that and be okay with it, like I understand what it took to get there, and that's just. Believing in yourself and not worrying about other people and, and having that confidence like that is you can't put a price tag on that. That is such a good feeling. Yeah. And it's you owe it to yourself. Why, why would you spend your whole life miserable if you don't have to be? Absolutely. Yes. So do you have any other programs or um, let us know if you got any courses, programs or if it, it's just the book? Um, let us know what you got going on. Um, at this point, it is just the book. I am in early negotiations with, with some, another coach to help me figure out how to frame this into something that doesn't take, you know, it took me 13 years mm-hmm. to, to get here from the time that I stopped drinking and, until I actually managed to get EMDR therapy and change the way that I feel about myself. Right. And it, it didn't need to take 13 years, right. but it wasn't going to happen overnight either. Right. Because right? I was not open to the idea of going to therapy the day mm-hmm. I'd stopped drinking. Right. You know, I had to go through that process, but I'm trying to f- come up with a, a, a way that we can shorten that time frame and, and teach self-examination and self-awareness and develop the, the basic stuff like that that it takes to really get into to, to change and being okay with change. Because change is scary, yeah. change is hard, and we're naturally opposed to mm-hmm. it. So yeah. it takes a little bit of, of reframing our understanding of, of everything. So, Absolutely. but. That, that hasn't happened yet, but when it does, it will be on my website at uh-huh. jboydlong.com, along with my books. And I have, I think, seven books out at this point okay. and, uh, and and our podcast and all that. So. Okay. And I will make sure that I put all of that information in um, the description box for the podcast. I'll blast it out on the social media platforms, and it will be in the YouTube description box. So before we go... Um, For any man that is listening, that stumbles upon this podcast, that's listening to this podcast, send him out with either a motivational thought, some kind of empowering word, or something that will help him get through today. I will say that uh, the most important thing that I have have learned is that my opinion of me is the only one that matters. Mm -hmm. And that if I am doing things that are sacrificing who I am or, or where I am in the world for the sake of somebody else, just so that I, I can feel better about myself based on their opinion, then I am wrong. And I need to check myself on that. But the other thing that's the companion piece to that is that I am not obligated to anyone unless I obligate myself to them. And I'm talking about my mom and my dad. I have no obligation to them just because we're family. Mm-hmm. I don't have obligation to anybody. And if the, and if people are hurting me, it's okay for me to cut them out of my yeah. life. And that's, that is okay. You know, I have that responsibility to myself to take care of me mm-hmm. until I'm well enough to take care of other people. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Justin, thank you so very much for blessing this podcast with your presence with your wisdom with your knowledge it has truly been a pleasure today i really thank you thank you susie it has been a wonderful conversation yes thank you so very much justin have a great day okay you too thank you bye-bye well you guys heard it that was an amazing podcast you are not 
Man, oh man, oh man. You know, a lot of us stay connected to our moms, our dads, out of guilt, you know, but you're not obligated to stay with these people if they're still trying to hurt you. If they're still, if they see that you love yourself and you're not in that space anymore, you're not obligated. You're not obligated to anybody else's perception of you, opinions of you, but your own. And learning to love yourself. You know, this is why I do what I do. This is why I created that um, living an empowered life community. You know, I want to teach men how to live an empowered life beyond the depression and abuse of their past. Because you can learn from a woman who is emotionally and mentally mature. I'm not your mother. I'm not her. And I have no desire to be her. I'm not the women that have abused you in your past. I want to show you what it feels like to be loved and appreciated and guided by a woman who is intuitive, who is in tune with herself spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. You know, I, I spent years taking out my feelings, taking out my anger and, and projecting that onto other people, other men. And I no longer want to do that. I want men to be able to trust again. Not only to trust women, but to trust themselves above all. That they will trust their own divine guidance when it comes to relationships with other people, romantic and platonic. Because so many times, men as well as women are trying to gain the upper hand, trying to gain power and control, like he said, because... They think that that's what they need to do. But when you are tapped into your own individuality and spirituality, you know that nobody can truly have power over you. Nobody can truly hurt you. But also, you don't need to keep yourself in those situations. You don't have to. If someone is projecting their anger out towards you, you don't have to stay in that situation because you can't change other people. You have no power over anyone. You barely even have the power to, to change yourself. You know, you need the therapy. You need the tools, the resources, the guidance. And yes, I totally agree. Go to therapy. But I'm also that extension. The group that I created, the community that I created is that extension. Because I, I want men to be able to feel safe with unpacking their emotions in that environment. If, if, if I'm the first resource and then you go out to seek therapy or if you go seek therapy and then come to the group, it doesn't matter. That's what I'm here for. That's what I was, that's what I came here to do. And I realize that now. So many times I got myself in these situations because I was trying to be that guy, be that person that that man needed. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't doing that. I was, I was trying to change him to fix him and nothing's wrong with us. We just have to unlearn some unhealthy patterns and behaviors and mindsets. We, we got to let go of that victim mindset. You know, um, that's not you. What your parents did to you is not you. And you got to learn how to overcome that. So powerful, powerful, powerful. All of Justin's information will be listed in the description boxes. Um, if you guys enjoy the topic today, I invite you to subscribe to my monthly self-care newsletter where I provide tips, tools, and resources on loving yourself deeper every day. Because just like Justin said, it really is about loving yourself. And loving yourself is not selfish, it's selfless. Because you become an empowered individual. You become a better version of yourself, the healthiest version of yourself. And you stop allowing abuse and abusive people into your life. And then that helps that other person because then that other person gets to look at themselves and say, hey, hopefully they do anyway. I mean, some people, they won't look at themselves. They'll continue to blame others until they get sick and tired of being sick and tired. But there are some people that'll look at themselves and say, hey, uh-oh, 
maybe I do need to go and change some of these patterns and behaviors, you know? Um, once you are subscribed to the newsletter, you will receive uh, the free ebook that I created. It's from victim to victor, how to live an empowered life beyond abuse. The ebook was created to move you from victim to victor and help you to live an empowered life beyond the abuse and depression of your past. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was created to push you and assist you with redirecting yourself toward a more peaceful, happier existence. All subscribers receive 25% off the five poetry book bundle, 15% off all products and free access to the private uh, mental health support community living an empowered life, how to live an empowered life beyond the depression and abuse of your past. Um, it's brand new. I'm on a new platform. Um, I'm with the paradise movement, but it's my space. And, um, you know, I'm putting up daily encouragement. I'm putting up weekly challenges. I want to do some daily challenges. Um, there's weekly live Zoom meetings that I want to do with Q&A every Friday at 6 p.m. Um, so if you're interested in joining, go ahead and subscribe to the newsletter today um, by visiting suzysuttles.com or you can copy and paste the link in the description box below. A special shout out of love and thank you goes out to all of my YouTube subscribers, podcast subscribers, and podcast listener supporters. I thank you for your love, kindness, and generosity. It is greatly appreciated. Um, listen, when you make a monthly love offering in support of this podcast, it helps to sustain future episodes and it also assists the mission of A Mother's Touch, Inc., which is to provide co-parents and families with love, nurturing, guidance, and the resources they need to become a healthier, happier, more holistic version of themselves. We also assist men and women financially who are leaving domestic violence relationships and struggling financially. You know, I just really want to be that outlet, that, that, that assistance for people like me. When I was leaving my 20-year unhealthy and abusive relationship, you know, I struggled in every area of my life. And I just really want to give that back. So that's why I do what I do um, in all forms, you know, serving on the podcast, you know, serving with a, mer a Mother's Touch, Inc. It's just my mission, you know, it's just to assist others who are on their own healing journey and, and show them that they're not alone. I understand, um, you know. And, and help them to become the best version and, and greatest version of themselves. So um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast on Anchor, Apple, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, or YouTube, thank you. Thank you so very much for stopping by. You know, I appreciate you because I realize that time is the greatest commodity and you don't get that back. And you chose to spend that here with me. And I thank you for that. And I invite you to listen to more episodes. If you like what you're hearing, um, I then invite you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on the platforms or you can do that on YouTube. And if you subscribe on YouTube, be sure to hit the bell for notifications so that you can be notified when uh, new episodes are up and ready for you to listen. Um, if you are gaining any value from what I from any of the guests, from what I'm speaking about, um, I invite you to become a listener supporter. Listener support is greatly appreciated and accepted. It goes towards the mission of A Mother's Touch, Inc. So um, if you are someone you know is in need of financial assistance, please visit amotherstouchinc.org to fill out the form for financial assistance. Or you can make a love offering donation there. Um, if you want to make a love offering donation via Cash App, that's Mother's, uh, Mother's Touch, Inc., which is the dollar sign of Mother's Touch, Inc., or at Venmo, you can do the at symbol of Mother's Touch, Inc., and Mother's is spelled with a Z. Well, that's all I got for y'all today. It was an amazing interview, amazing podcast. I love y'all, and I thank y'all for joining me today. But you know, before I let you go, I have to send a prayer of love out into the universe. So let's go ahead and do that now. And dear universe, I love you so much. I am so thankful for Justin, his wisdom, his knowledge, and sharing that with other men, uh, other men and women, because, you know, we're, we're no, we're really no different. We all have gone through trauma. We all have the same insecurities. As he said, we have 
all experienced some form of abuse that has left us feeling less than, not good enough, that has left us seeking the approval, the attention, and the validation of other people. And I just, I, I'm thankful for his words. I'm thankful for that book. Um, and thankful that I, I got to share him with my audience. And, um, and oh, thank you. Thank you for opening the doors of opportunity. Um, I'm asking that you, that you send more that you send more people who can speak into the hearts of men and women because I know that I can't do this alone. I'm, I'm not supposed to do this alone, but there are so many more men and women who can speak to the heart of people and they may resonate with them because I know I'm not going to resonate with everybody and I don't want to. I don't want to. I want that job. I don't want that heavy weight. But I want to continue to bring people here on this platform to share with other people. So um, I thank you in advance for those doors of opportunities opening right now. And I'm thankful, thankful and grateful for every person listening to this podcast. I ask that you would cover Justin, that you would cover everyone that's tuned in today with your love, your light, your healing energy, the healing energies of the angels, because they're there for us. We just need to call upon them. We have to seek out the help, the resources, the guidance, whether that be therapy, whether that be through um, living an empowered life, whether that be the, through the paradise movement, whether that be purchasing Justin's book, whether that be downloading from victim to victor or purchasing anyone else's products or services or books that I have presented on this podcast. But it is there for us to heal when we seek out the assistance that we need. No, we're not broken. We're not damaged. We were raised by broken and damaged people who taught us unhealthy coping mechanisms, who taught us unhealthy patterns, behaviors, mindsets, beliefs, ideas. And we have to unlearn that stuff to become the divine empowered beings that you said that we were, that you, that we came here to be, that we know within ourselves that we are. So I thank you for that. Um, I'm thankful and grateful for this opportunity. I'm thankful for and grateful for this platform to serve. I love doing this. And I continue to do it even though I don't make anything from it. Because I love doing it. I love sharing and connecting people with other people. Because I just want people to realize their own freedom. To realize their own power. To no longer... Worry about what someone else thinks about them. That they need to validate themselves. They need to approve of themselves. They need to attend to their own needs. And the right people will love them regardless. So um, they never have to change themselves. They never have to twist themselves in and out. It's just unlearning shit that we were taught. So I'm thankful and grateful to be a vessel um, of light and love. And I'm thankful and grateful for another day. And with that being said... Let's rock this day out. Let's get her done. And so be it. And so it is. Yes. I love y'all. I thank y'all for joining me today. I want you to go out. Have an awesome, amazing, and beautiful day today. From my heart to yours, as always, namaste. If you experienced rejection, abandonment, trauma, or abuse as a child, you may find it difficult to create a happy, healthy, and holistic life. You are not alone. I'm Coach Susie, and I'm a survivor of addiction and narcissistic domestic violence abuse. I was raised in an unhealthy and traumatic environment and experienced every type of abuse before the age of 10. As I grew older, I attracted these same type of relationships into my life because it was all I knew and the only type of relationship I was accustomed to until I learned something different. In 2015, I left a 20-year unhealthy and abusive relationship and learned to love myself unconditionally beyond the familial and relational abuse of my past. I've spent the past six years on a journey of loving myself unconditionally 
beyond the mindset of the victim and growing into the empowered victor. The voices of doubt, fear, and not good enough would constantly haunt me until I learned to change my mindset. The living and empowered life free mental health support community was created to lovingly guide you through letting go of the unhealthy, unhealthy mentally mentality. If you experience rejection, abandonment, trauma, or abuse as a child, you may find it difficult to create a happy, healthy, and holistic life. You are not alone. I'm Coach Susie, and I'm a survivor of addiction and narcissistic domestic violence abuse. I was raised in an unhealthy and traumatic environment and experienced every type of abuse before the age of 10. As I grew older, I attracted these same type of relationships into my life because it was all I knew and the only type of relationship I was accustomed to until I learned something different. In 2015, I left a 20-year unhealthy and abusive relationship and learned to love myself unconditionally beyond the familial and relational abuse of my past. I've spent the past six years on a journey of loving myself unconditionally beyond the mindset of the victim and growing into the empowered victor. The voices of doubt, fear, and not good enough would constantly haunt me until I learned to change my mindset. The living and empowered life free mental health support community was created to lovingly guide you through letting go of the unhealthy mentality of the victim and empower you to live a life beyond the abuse and depression of your past. There are more programs, services, and resources available to women than men. So I created this community specifically for men. Our culture does not allow men to express all their innate emotions and feelings, and they often feel unsafe to express them openly. I desire for all men to experience a happy, healthy, and holistic life and learn practical and effective ways to love themselves unconditionally beyond the abuse and depression of their past. Eventually, growing out of the unhealthy mindset of the victim into the healthy mindset of the victor. If you are ready to become the healthiest and happiest and truest version of yourself, I invite you to join this free mental health support community today. You can do that by visiting susiesuttles.com or copying the link in the description box below.